0: Thank you for joining me, Stephanie Lanes Institute. This is episode 50. Do you have moving marketing pieces? For those of you who are on Clubhouse, I have pinned, are you fixing your client's problems, which is episode 49. You can click through, you can subscribe on to Shopify, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We are going to chat today about marketing pieces. You know, I've had this conversation when I've done live trainings with estheticians, when I've done um, anything with my training for say, Brazil or my YouTube channel or Instagram. And it's important to understand marketing pieces. Your service menu is a marketing piece, your business card is a marketing piece, a flyer, whether you post it on the back of your treatment door, your bathroom door, it's still a moving marketing piece, right? I love to encourage people to understand that when you have moving marketing pieces, that means that people are able to get information on what you provide outside of your business. A lot of us fall into this trap thinking that the only way that we can grow organic business is if we have our customers take our business card, or if we do a referral program, or if we're giving away free things in order to get referrals, you have to understand the importance of the marketing piece. So when I talk about service menus, we'll start here. I'm a big advocate of rack cards. Rack cards are easy to fold, they're easier to move, and they're faster and more people are intrigued by rack cards cuz there's specific information that can only fit on them. So when I do and I used to do my master classes, I would have estheticians bring in their business card and bring in their service menu. And we would go through the service menu and I'm like, "You have to remove descriptions." <gasps> yeah, you got to remove descriptions. You got to tip pick your top 2 services that bring you the most money. The rest of them you're going to take off. You need to put specific pricing. For your hair removal services, you need to different, differentiate between your treatments and your facial options. If you want to offer facials, you need to differentiate between the time that you're doing them and keep it very precise. We have nothing to do with descriptions. This is not a food menu. This is not a menu where people are going to go into a restaurant and pick it based off of the description. You need to have people help them understand how much it costs for your time. That is what your service menu should be. It is not a restaurant menu. So if you make it precise, eye-catching, you have your contact information, your address. I cannot stress enough that on business cards and service menus, you have to have your current address. Okay. That includes city and state. You never know where these cards are going to wind up. It has to have a valid contact option, whether it's email, phone, or both. Sometimes you can even put your social handles on there, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. You need to be consistently putting the same information for contact on your service menu on your business card. And the reason I have people come in when I do master classes and I have them bring it in is because I wanna see, are you looking at it the way a potential client is going to look at it? And I kid you not, 80%, of estheticians who take my training and they bring in their information, do not have contact information, do not have where they're located, do not have a consistent form of communication. So if you know that this is a moving marketing piece, why do you not allow people to connect with you after they've received it from a family or friend? Why do you think they're going to know where you're located based off of your business name? Like help me understand why we have such a hard time with this when it's the most important part of your marketing plan. You want all of the clients that see you to take a service menu and hand it to a friend that they think that they would like to refer to you to do services. So if you know that that is the A plus B, why do we mess up the A and the B? Then we want to get sophisticated and do a referral program, right? I'm never I've never been a fan of referral programs ever. Um, I think one that they're a waste of time. And I think two, for many of us who don't concentrate on our 20%, you're getting people that may see you once a year, and you're gonna put money and energy and effort into a referral program that you are hoping to give away something in order to get something, right? And I've always said, instead of putting your energy, effort, and time into a referral program, you need to do client appreciation. Client appreciations are where you allow your clients, you love on them, you publicly love on them, and they invite their family and friends to be publicly loved on too. That is the organic. That's the authentic. And I love on my 20%. So my 20% would always give me the best referrals because they're referring like folks. My 20% does not cancel. My 20% stays consistent. My 20% is going to book two or three appointments ahead. 20% is always going to buy my retail. So of course, I'm going to love on those 20% and I'm going to love on them, especially when they refer. Then I'm going to show them appreciation for not only being consistent and keeping my doors open, but referring quality clients. It's all connected, right? Right but we want to get sophisticated with a referral program that probably doesn't even give you any consistency. You want the consistent clients to refer other consistent clients. You don't want your 80% who shows up maybe once a year or randomly shows up to refer another person that randomly shows up and only books with you once a year. Does that make sense? But a lot of us focus on 80% of our business of people who are not consistent, who don't refer, who cancel their services and they don't buy retail. So then we struggle with understanding why our business isn't successful. And it's not successful because we're not putting the energy and effort into the ones that are keeping our doors open, the ones that are keeping their appointments. So when I make a specific moving marketing piece, I expect it to move, which means it's going to leave outside of my business and travel into other hands. So you better make sure that your service menu, if you print it out, let's talk about that too, because a lot of you guys are trying to go and be, um, paperless. Is that the right word? But you can't be paperless on marketing. There's nothing to replace marketing pieces that move. There's no technology that can replace that, right? Right. So those of you who are trying to go paperless and everything is whether you scan a QR code or you text something else, not everybody is going to use that technology to refer business to you. Why do we go away from what has been working, what has worked and what has proof in the pudding? We then try to get sophisticated with our business card and have them thick and nice and soft or And I always say, simple is easy. Business cards fit into wallets. Business cards fit into pockets. Business card fits into purses. Like business cards are something that is still available. We do have people that are going to more e-business cards, but there's nothing like a business card that has traveled through the hands of people and gotten to that amazing client. Like some things in our industry, we should never do away with thinking that we're doing it in hopes of pushing everyone to paperless or, and you know, I never understood this philosophy either. Business cards are still being passed out today, but I want that business card to not only leave my brick and mortar, I want it to travel to all kinds of people. And when it's traveling, it's keeping all of my information to be contacted. And I love the business cards on the back that actually say what you do. I don't like the ones on the back that just have a logo and no one understands what the logo is. Or you have a business name where no one knows that you do skincare services or hair removal. Like it's so complicated, it's not simple. I love the ones that list out the services on the back, say who you are on the front, where you're located, how to contact you, keep it simple. Because that's going to move. You want it to leave your brick and mortar and go out to the potential clients. That's how you want your business to grow organically. Then when you throw that or client appreciation, oh, everything you have in there is moving. Business cards are being grabbed, service menus are being grabbed, clients are bringing their besties and they're making appointments with you. That's the whole purpose of making sure you always have moving marketing pieces. But a lot of us lose sight of that because we don't have a plan. So not only do we not market consistently, we don't have a marketing plan. We don't know who our clientele is. We don't know who um, is our 20% or our 80%. We don't understand our market. We don't understand that we have not niched down instead of being a jack of all trades and master of nothing. Like we have no plan. So marketing Takes a back seat to a lot of things, even though it should be on the front seat with you. I often ask this question, especially when I get people that come to my business, the storefront, and they're always, "Oh, I'm getting ready to go and open my own business. I'm going to read a, you know, rent a studio suite or rent something or whatever." And I was like, "Oh, okay, well, good. So you've you you have a plan? Like you've thought out exactly how you are going to work the business because because your business you're you're going to work it." Probably going to work it for a few years. So, do you have some kind of plan or what do you, you know, what do you have in mind? Well, you know, I worked at a salon or I worked at a business and I'm thinking some clients are going to come. And I hate to be the bubble and bearer of bad news. They're not coming. They're loyal to the business, not you. So let's start again. Why would someone be compelled to come to you? Why would I walk into your treatment room and get a service with you? Can you convey that in marketing? Can you have people understand what you offer? Can you be the problem solver? And if you're their problem solver, can you tell other people that you can solve their problems too? And then I get the deer in headlights. Like, what do you mean? Uh, this is what our business is. It's relationships and it's fixing problems. So, if you're heading into business thinking that you're going to go get this thing and these people are going to be lining up at your door waiting for you to happen, it's it's not going to happen. There's nothing for them to come to you to do because you haven't made it clear that you're able to help them or fix their problem. You're not open to making a relationship in order to fix their problem. And here's the thing our business is relationship driven. And I love to help people understand this, especially in our industry. This is relationship-driven. Clients return when they feel they're forming a relationship with you. But if you don't provide them the opportunity to build a relationship with you, they're going to be over there in the 80%, and they're only going to show up when they have a problem and they need you to fix it, or they just want to show up once. It's not going to be a priority, right? I'll never forget old school. I had a sandwich board out in front of my um, my location. I had flyers attached to the sandwich board so people could pick it up and they were always empty. And I was so happy. I would I had very beautiful, beautiful service menu um, that explained everything where I was at. It had a little bio of me. I mean, I just loved my service menu. I mean, absolutely loved my service menu but I made it so that I wanted people to take it with them. I always wanted people to take it with them. I always wanted them to take my business card. And I find it so strange when I have the opportunity to look at service menus, I'm kind of like, well, what is this? If Here's the thing. And I've been an esthetician almost 20 years. If I can't understand what it's saying, can you imagine what your potential client is thinking? Why do we have to be complicated? Let's take it down to simplicity. How much time do you want your clients to spend with you? You want them to spend 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes? What do you want? How much do they need to pay to spend that much time with you? Can we go there? And like, no, I I have to put down um, a a signature treatment facial. I have to put down an anti-aging facial. I got to do a sensitive skin facial. No, you don't. Not, not one bit because clients have no idea what that means nor how to decide on that. Let's talk about time. How much time do you want people to spend with you and how much do they need to pay for that? Do you have your cost per service worked out? Because that's going to eliminate probably 10 services you have on your service menu. And I love, cause I always came with my red pen. I love crossing out service menus and crossing out services. And I'd say, okay, when's the last time you did this service? Uh, mm, cross it off. When's the last time you did that service? Uh, uh, cross it off. Let's keep going. When's the last time you did that service? Uh, mm, cross it off. There's no space for it. You're offering things that people are not even doing services with you. Take it off. If majority of your money is built on these two services, these two stay. The rest of them are gone. If these are the two hair removal services that you make most of your money on, take the rest off. Oh, my goodness. I'll have nothing on there. You'll have plenty on there. Let's start with where you're located. (laughs) Let's turn it over. Where are you located? What's your cancellation policy? Because if it's moving marketing pieces, then people need to know how to make an appointment and they need to understand your cancellation policy, right? Because a lot of us think, oh, go, go, go online and make an appointment. No one reads the cancellation policy online. So if your marketing pieces are always moving, then why not, once they're introduced to your business, have that information right there in black and white? What's wrong with that? Oh, okay, yeah. What's wrong with them letting know that either your appointment only or you have certain days that you're available? What's wrong with that? Oh, yeah, that's good. You have to understand what it takes to be consistently marketing, the information you need to convey and that it's super clear. There's no confusion. And you need to help people understand how much time they're going to spend with you and how much it costs. I'll never forget I had one lady who had a beautiful menu and when it came to the hair removal services everything was and up so the Brazilian was 65 and up the eyebrows were 60 or 35 and up and the legs were you know 90 and up and I kept saying why are we having all these upsides where are we going and so she's like well no because you know, sometimes people come in and I may have to take longer or so I have to do the and up. I said, so people really just don't know how much they're going to be charged with you, right? Yeah. Okay. So is the and up a part of your cost per service? Have you done the cost per service to determine the numbers that you're putting here on the service menu? Well, No. And you all know me, I roll with Angela Green. She's always at all my master classes and my events. So I had Angela get up there and plug in the numbers and said, oh yeah, you didn't do a cost per service for this. So you're hoping your and up is gonna cover everything that you should be covering in the service, but it's not. So let's put the actual number. So are we gonna be basing this on time? Cause that's what you should. So if it's gonna take you 30 minutes or 45 minutes to do a full leg, then we need to charge for that amount of time. Your hourly rate needs to be in there. You need to cover the cost of the product you're using, and then you need to cover the cost of your overhead. So let's actually do it by the number and not do the end up. Because I asked her, does your clients like the end up? She's all, not really. And sometimes I don't remember what I charged the client the week before, and then I'll do a different number. And then I get into argument and I said, but Why? One, that's ruining your relationship with them. And two, it's unnecessary. So let's remove all of the end ups. Well, what if I get a plus size? What if you get a plus size? Well, it needs to be an end up. No, you need to charge for your time, ma'am. And then, you know, they would have the moment of, oh, I just can't believe that, you know, I've, I've been under under. I just I thought the end up would be accepted more. I said people want to know exactly what they're spending with you. There there should never be confusion. The end up is confusing. She's like, "Okay. All right, I'm going to take it off." And it's so funny because I always hear from them all years later, "I'm doing so well. I'm increasing my hourly rate every year. I'm still using the cost per service." And it's like, "Here's the thing. Once you have your foundation, you can continue to go up and there's no resistance anymore. You got to charge for your time. But that marketing piece, which was your service menu, is where it starts. Whether it's on a website or it's on a piece of paper that has traveled, it's clear. And so many of us, when we create our service menu, we're looking at other businesses, not taking into account that other businesses really have nothing to do with your business. And I've said this for a long time. That's one thing I really never did. I was never really interested in what other people were pricing or what they were doing or anything like that. I mean, we always wish you know them well, but to use that in a comparison, it really just didn't It never benefited me because I start off that way. Cause that's what everyone told me to do. You know, well, you're in this area. This is the average cost. So you should go with the highest and then you go to the lowest and then you pick the middle. Yeah. No, that didn't work. That didn't work because I was always undercutting myself. I didn't understand what I had committed to, whether it was a facial treatment or skincare treatment or whether it was a hair removal service, it did not cover what it needed to cover. Right. So when I went from $65 facial to 85 to 125 to 250, right. Right it kept into account my hourly rate every time. And I always started off my services based off of what I was going to be paid hourly. It was what I was commanding. So I think for a lot of us, when we start looking at one, our service menu, what we're charging, especially when we do an overhaul, right? When we change it, We start understanding the more important things about our business that we need to make sure everyone is clear about, whether it's your cancellation policy, whether it's how you book or how you communicate, like all of that needs to be very clear. Everything has to match the website, has to match your service menu, has to match your business card. Your website is a marketing piece. Your service menu is a marketing piece. Your business card is a marketing piece. You may be promoting a new service. You may be promoting a new product. You may have a private group. Those are all marketing pieces, right? So they should always be working together. And I think for the bigger problem that many of you have is that you don't understand that. You don't have consistent marketing. You don't have consistent marketing pieces and you haven't utilized all of the marketing as best as you could. So when it comes to understanding why your marketing pieces are very important, it's kind of pushed to the side. We'll prioritize our website because that's where we are pushing people to go and book with us, right? And to be honest, the services that I get, I don't even book online. Like like the relationships that I've built with, with therapists and what I've built with um, practitioners, I really don't book online. I try to book while I'm still there. Um, I like to book two and three uh, appointments out to make sure it's on my calendar. So I give it time the way I should. And again, I've been going to the same therapist. So, you know, there's a relationship there. So they expect when we, you know, check out at the end of the day and we're double checking to make sure we have all our appointments set, they're going to be set two and three appointments out, right? But I think we've lost that, that understanding. We've, we've lost that understanding. I've said in a couple of my podcasts and most of my trainings, when you start increasing your prices, you start understanding that you're charging your clients for the time before they get there. So your setup time is included in your price. And I'll never forget when I did my first masterclass and we broke down how all of this worked, right? Because we were taught the more people you have on your books, the more money you're going to make, which really sometimes isn't really true, right? And then if you do do that, you're not able to do that long-term, So you're not able to do the back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. You're not able to do that. So you're going to have to start not only doing your cost per service correctly, you're going to have to start charging clients for setup time. So every client that comes sees you, the setup time is not only your buffer time, but it's time that is allocated and added into their service price. And once I started introducing that and helping people understand that you have to do this a lot of their businesses changed. One, we don't set up, we don't charge for setup time, which we should, to be honest. We also don't charge correctly for our hourly rate because here's the thing, you're, you're when you're setting up, you're still working, correct? You're preparing for the client to come in. And then I started speaking about clients feeling like they're the only client. So when they come in, they don't see anybody else. You welcome them in like they like you just opened. And that's a level of customer service that many of you don't ever quite understand. And the businesses that are extremely successful, they have adopted that model of, of spectacular customer service, but understanding that clients don't want to see another client waiting. They don't want to see a client coming out and you saying, oh, hold on, let me turn the room over. They don't want to see that. What they want to see is when you walk in, you're ready for them. That changes the way not only your relationship is with them, but the way you're doing business. And I understand some of you are in survival mode. You're just doing what you need to do in order for you to provide and, and make sure your money is staying you know, consistent. I absolutely get it. But at some point, you're going to need to shift you're going to need to understand that you're going to have to grow that 20% in order to be consistent and in order also to be able to command the money that you want. So when when you try to demand that, you have to actually give them something in return. So when I went in and, you know, I'm very particular about my estheticians, I always went to estheticians where they did that. Like I walked in and I never saw anyone before me. And I didn't see anyone waiting after they had it down. So I felt like I'm the only one. And I love that because not only did I do that, but I also wanted to go to other estheticians who understood that importance mm-hmm. as well. So when you get to that level of customer service, now there's no argument over setup time. There's no argument over how much a service costs. There's no argument over your cost per service or the prices or increases. There's there's no argument anymore, right? Because now you're doing quality over quantity. I'm not gonna bust my tail for 10 people when I can have five quality clients. They're all paying my setup time. They don't see each other. They're buying the retail and I'm charging my worth it changes your business. So that's why I say it starts with your service menu. What is it that you want people to do? You want them to know where you're located. They want you want them to know how much it costs to spend time with you. And you want to know they want to know how they can contact you. That is the goal for all of your marketing. Whether it's on a service menu or a business card or a website or social media or an e newsletter or a flyer, that should be your focus at all times. So, if that is your focus at all times, then now your goal is to make sure that there's moving, it is leaving your business. And I would always tell them in my mentoring group if you are constantly replacing your business cards and your service menus, it's a good thing. Do not complain. The reason you don't complain is because they are moving, which is the whole purpose for you creating them. If you have clients grabbing your business cards and sharing them, and they're sharing your service menus, that is the purpose. They need to leave your business to grow your business. When I would have people complain, oh, I had to always, you know, replace my business cards. I'm always ordering business cards. I'm always ordering my service servicemen. And I'm like, but that's a good thing. That means it's doing its job. It's a moving marketing piece. So it's moving. Why would you complain about that? That's the best thing to know that your clients are sharing your business with others. They're giving your marketing pieces to others. That's the best compliment you could ever get. You can't pay for that kind of compliment. They're like, oh, I did not think of it like that. Yeah. You want your moving marketing pieces to leave your business. So if they're constantly out, that means that they're moving. And you keep focused and you keep doing the work. So those of you who are joining me on my podcast, thank you so much. Our next episode is... Episode 51.